It's good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 137. Page 137, we'll sing the first, the third, and the last verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing to begin our service together tonight. Page 137, sing it out on that first verse. Hark the Herald Angels Sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem Hark the herald angels sing the newborn king, hail the handborn prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness, light and light to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. While he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. second birth Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Come desire of nations come Fix in us thy humble home Rise the woman's concrete 
the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface. Stamp thine image in its place. Second Adam from above. Reinstate us in thy love. Good to be back in the Lord's house tonight, and uh, man, I'm telling you, Christmas time is coming, amen, and uh, man, tomorrow, it's going to be wild, amen, and uh, excited about uh, that, and uh, do be much in prayer, though, for folks traveling and, and things like that, but it's sure good to be in the Lord's house tonight, and thankful that it's warm, and the wind's not blowing in here, not yet, anyways, I'll start preaching here in a minute, amen, but... Uh, I uh, do want to uh, 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 welcome our uh, guests uh, that are here uh, tonight. Of course, uh, different folks visiting. Good to have Miss Carrie Quinlan home uh, with us. Good to have uh, my mom uh, here with us tonight. And uh, or as my kids have been calling her, Nana Claus. Amen. So, uh, but they have all. Uh, we've been having a blast, and sure thankful she made it in uh, safely. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Ask God's blessing uh, on our services. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Will Kennedy back there if you would pray for us, brother. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Don't forget about on our Wednesday night service, we are doing things a little bit differently with our missionary update. Uh, so that'll be right after uh, the preaching uh, tonight. Uh, of course, uh, not a lot uh, on the calendar, and I'd venture to say a lot of folks are hunkering down uh, for tomorrow with the uh, snowstorm uh, coming in. And uh, But I uh, did just want to mention, of course, Sunday uh, is Christmas Day, and so we will be having uh, one service, and that'll be at 1030 uh, in the morning. Hey, make it a point to be here for that, amen, and uh, to be in your place and give glory uh, unto God. I'm, I'm telling you, it's if you make Christmas Day all about family, you've missed what Christmas Day is all about. And I praise God for family, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm thankful, but I'm telling you, it, if it wasn't for the birth of the Savior, we'd sure be in a mess right now. And, and so let's uh, make sure that we give Him uh, the glory. Next Wednesday night, uh, the, we, the Wednesday night service, the midweek service in between uh, Christmas and New Year's, uh, New Year's. Uh, we, uh, son, I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting tonight. Praise God, Miss Marie Christian still got her eyes. Amen. And uh, she about lost them last Wednesday night. Amen. So uh, it is a new year, not a no year. All right. Uh, I mean, not unless you're a parent because you do say no a lot. So it could be your year for a lot of no. All right. Uh, but anyways, between Christmas and New Year's, uh, the midweek service, we, uh, we're not gonna, we don't run our buses. Uh, typically, a lot of our kids and bus kids and things are out of town or uh, away and stuff like that. So there'll be no buses. Brother Jack uh, Parker is going to be preaching our main uh, service. So we'll just have church up here and then a combined kids class uh, downstairs uh, with Brother Jim and Miss Jeanette uh, Wisdom. And then, of course, New Year's Day to start off the year right, amen, in the house of the Lord. And so regular uh, service times. And if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, be going back to school 
uh, Monday, January uh, the 2nd, but let's not talk about that right now, right? Uh, did just want to mention also, don't forget about January the 15th on a Sunday night. It's going to be our send-off service for our missionaries to uh, Japan, Jack and Lizzie Parker. So excited about uh, that. All right, if you got your prayer list out uh, tonight, let's go ahead and uh, go through that. And, uh, of course, we've had quite a a few uh, burdens here as of uh, late. I did just want to mention, good to see Brother uh, Gary Clark here uh, tonight. Uh, Miss Doris uh, Clark, they did go ahead and admit her over at Olathe uh, Medical. Uh, They did confirm that she does have uh, pneumonia, and so her body's just really battling, trying to fight uh, that off right now. And so if you would continue to pray uh, for her, she's just had all kinds of issues with her blood pressure and blood sugar and all of those things. And so continue to pray for her. And then also Miss Virginia Potts, they did move, uh, they did change her room. She was on the second floor. And, and if you know about the second floor at Olathe, that's the cardiac unit area. And so they did move her up uh, to the fourth floor. And they are awaiting uh, to put her in uh, a uh, rehab facility so she can do some physical therapy and stuff like that. But as far as her ankle and and stuff like that, she's doing uh, really good on that and so thankful for that. But do continue to pray uh, for her. Did also just want to mention if we could pray for Jean uh, and Ginger Sexton uh, tonight. And uh, haven't gotten an update on how they are doing, but evidently, uh, Miss Ginger was up on a, a, a ladder, like a little step ladder thing, and Brother Gene was kind of helping, and she fell back and fell on Brother Gene, and to which I said, why were they even doing that to begin with? Uh, anyways, but uh, as far as I know, they're doing okay, but do continue to pray for them. Also, if you would, add on there Miss Jean Wiseman and pray for her and uh, her health as well, and uh, it was good to see her Sunday morning, but I noticed she had to leave early, and so pray for her, and uh, just we have a lot of folks on here tonight with health issues and and things like that, and uh, a lot of burdens and, and stuff, and of course people traveling for Christmas time and, and things like that, so she so might got a prayer request or an update or anything like that uh, tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer. All right, Miss Georgie? Uh huh. Praise him. Oh no. Oh man. All right. So that's Patrick, right? Okay. Bill. Okay. Okay. So Bill has pneumonia. All right, so let's pray for him and also for uh, Laura as she travels, so absolutely. All right, yes ma'am, Miss Kristen. Yes. Okay, so let's pray for Brother Will and uh, possible hernia or uh, either uh, or ruptured an old one or Something like that. So let's pray for uh, wisdom there, and doctors can figure out what's going on, getting patched up, amen, and a little super glue, and he'll be all right, right? So, And tacos for healing, amen. So, All right, anybody else uh, tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? Yes, ma'am, Miss Sue. Okay.
Okay. So let's pray for the Coopers there, Teresa and KJ and, and traveling. Also, if you would, pray too for uh, Brother Colton uh, Kirk. He had his MRI and also has had a neurologist appointment, so awaiting the results on that. So just pray for him. I know he would appreciate that as well. Anybody else tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? Okay, Miss Sherry? Yes. Okay. Okay, so that's that Carrie Sheely. She's in the second row, second column there on the health, and uh, almost uh, to the bottom there. And uh, first it was kind of an inoperable brain cancer, and so they're trying to get it to where they can get in there. Is that what they're doing, basically? So, Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, so let's just continue to pray. Mercy. About all we can do there, isn't it? And uh, let's just pray. So, Okay, I saw Miss Marilyn. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, my. Mercy, okay. Yeah, mercy, my goodness. Okay. Okay, so we can go ahead and move him to the unsaved, uncertain list, but man, let's, let's uh, absolutely, let's pray for his family tonight. That's a, that's a heartbreaker there. So I think I saw one more hand over here. Okay, Miss Melanie. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. So let's continue to pray for Serenity Hardman, also their family as they're traveling, so I might make a wish trip. So, Brother Gary? Yes? Okay. All right, so let's pray for... Miss Candy, as she moves up here, so that'll be a blessing. Get to see her a little bit more. So. All right, anybody else tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? Yes, ma'am, Miss Jessica. Yes. Mercy. My goodness. All right. So let's pray for, uh, pray for Alvin Bailey. That's about right about the middle there in the first column. And uh, has lymphoma and have been having some foot problems. So thankful to hear that's improving. But do pray for their family. This is brother um, passed away. And so, mercy. Okay. Anybody else tonight? Okay, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight, and uh, 
Well, I'm telling you a lot of heavy things tonight, amen, and a lot of, a lot of burdens, but um, thankful we serve a, a God that can hear and answer prayer, amen, and uh, we have a great high priest who uh, knows our burdens, and so Brother Raymer, tonight would you pray for us and, and pray for these things. last time this uh, this evening. Let's turn to page 122. Page 122, O Holy Night, we'll sing the first and last verse together this evening. Page 122. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. And the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh,
gospel is peace. Chain shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. With hymns of joy in grateful chorus raising, let every heart adore his holy name. Christ is the Lord. With sing and seraph praising his power and glory evermore proclaim his power and glory evermore proclaim amen great singing please remain standing get your bibles ready for the message that was very good singing uh, tonight. <clears throat> Amen. Well, Ephesians and, and chapter number 5 tonight, and uh, Ephesians and, and chapter uh, number 5 uh, tonight, and uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians uh, in our Wednesday night study, and uh, I'd actually prayed about uh, doing a, a Christmas message uh, tonight. I'd actually really had the wise men uh, on my heart, and uh, just thinking about wise men still seek Jesus, amen, and I know they're two years out, but they're still part of the Christmas story, all right, so you just had, you know, they, you, anyways, so they weren't at the bir- actual birth scene, they came later, uh, they came when he was a young child, so if you have a manger scene with the uh, wise men, then you're all messed up, you got to put them to scale two years out, all right, so uh, in our office back there, we have the manger scene, and then across the on the other desk is the wise men. They're on their way from the Far East, all right? So, uh, but anyways, I, I was thinking about that and chewing on that, and then I actually went and started studying and, and reading this tonight, and really it actually kind of ties in. It's maybe a little bit more in-depth on the subject of, of wisdom tonight. So Ephesians in chapter number 5, and if you really wanted a Christmas message, just think about the wise men tonight. You'll be okay. All right, but look at verse number 15, okay? Because the Bible says this, it says, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly. So notice this, not as fools, but as wise. So now we understand what the meaning there is, right? The circumspect. And then it goes on down and says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then it goes on and says, And... Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit in speaking unto yourselves and in psalms and hymns. And, and it keeps going on there, but we're, we're not going to make it into that part tonight, though I did want to include that because of the conjunction in verse number 18. And you didn't know I knew stuff about English like that, did you? But it does tie in and it does go together. And certainly being filled with the Spirit of God would allow us to walk circumspectly, but we're just going to focus on verses 15 and 16 and 17 uh, tonight for our uh, lesson. Father, would you bless the preaching now, and God again, just fill me and use me tonight as your vessel in Jesus' name, 
Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. It's really, if you think about it, and I, uh, this, this term walk has been, has been coming out quite frequently as, as we've kind of, you, you know, reached the, uh, you know, the uh, practical part of, of Ephesians in chapter number four. Th- this is actually the last mention of that. And, and we know this, it has to do with uh, the way that we live our life, uh, how, how we live, that, that's talking about our walk. And, and in verse 2, in fact, this is the, the third one in this chapter, because if you go back in verse number 2, it tells us that we're to walk in love. And it goes on and says, As Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a, for a sweet-smelling savor. So we're to walk in love. And we know this, that this love... It's not defined by the world because really we know this, the world's redefined love. Love has become really lust. Well, this love is defined by Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. So this is a sacrificial love, a a serving others love. Then if you go down to verse number 8, he says that we are to walk as children of, of, of light. And so this this is uh, this light that we're to walk in, that, that's opposed to to darkness, that which is evil. So it's the idea of walking in purity and righteousness in holiness unto God. And, and the thought is this, that you and I as God's people, we are to be distinct. Jesus said to His disciples, ye are the light of the world. And you understand that's the idea of being different, being distinct, being in the light, being holy. And, 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 and well, here's why so that we can influence the darkness to come to the light, not to go be a part of the darkness. So, so we understand that. But, but tonight we come to verse number 15 here. And he says, here he says, See then that you walk circumspectly. So again, this is our last walk and the third one in this chapter. And it's the idea of walking with wisdom or walking in wisdom, hence the admonition that follows when he says this, not as fools, but as wise. So what I would say tonight for you and me as we're looking at this, that the question for us would be, well, is your walk wise? Is it being done in the wisdom of God and in His Word? That, that's the idea here, being circumspect, walking circumspectly. Back in October, uh, my family and I, we took a trip to Branson, uh, Missouri for my son's uh, senior trip, and and so we went to some places. But the last place that we went to was kind of the highlight uh, place, and uh, it's called Fritz's Adventure. And and if you've ever been there, you know anything about it, then you know some of the things I'm, I'm about to tell you. But it, basically, this it's it's kind of like a it's like a wall climbing, zip lining, insanity thing. All right, it's all in this building, and it's just crazy and. And so what, what, we didn't know anything about it, and, and so we begin to learn about it. But when, what happens is, is that you have like three stages, and, and uh, at the very lowest stage, they have stuff for like basically anybody, but really it's for primarily the smaller kids. And man, they can go down these slides and go through these different little maze things, and, and they get underneath uh, the concrete floor, and they're going down in what they call the sewer but it's nice and clean down there but I mean you'll just be walking along and all of a sudden there'll be some kid running by under the grating down there and you're like what in the world is that no I'm just kidding I wouldn't do that anyways uh, 
<laughs> and so, man, but they had Madison, man, or uh, Emily, she's climbing up. She, got, she climbed up in this silo thing, and it was all the way at the very top. And she's climbing through this steel tunnel. You can see all the way down to the bottom. And she's climbing through this thing and going into this wrecked plane. And I mean, it was just wild stuff they had all through here. And I mean, Emily's doing this at six years old. And I'm like, man, you are crazy. So, but anyways, and then you go to the next level, and it's where they have the city wall, which is a wall climbing, uh, and it's about three or four stories tall. And then they have uh, these, uh, the ropes course, where you basically put this little harness on, and you attach, and then you can go up, and it's like four, three or four stories of like all these different beams you can walk on, and you walk, and you just hold and walk around and stuff. And then the final one that they have is called the treetops, and that's where you get the full-on uh, harness, and you got a zip line thing that you can hook up, and you got this, you know, your safety lanyard and all this stuff. And so once you put your safety lanyard on the course, it cannot come off. And man, you go up and you climb up to the very top corner of this building, and you hook your little zip line up, and you're getting ready to go off this platform, and your body's going, "What are you doing?" And you're 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 jumping off a perfectly good platform, and it's just straight down to the concrete, about four stories down. And but you just do it, and you zip line across there, and you go to these different little places all through the top of this building, and then you go out this door on these uh, towers and zip line around. It's just wild. I mean, it is crazy. Well, what happened is, it, and, and and we're going on all this stuff, and Luke's looking at me, and he goes, "Dad, I didn't realize this was what this place was." I, I don't like this place. And I'm going, I love this place. I want to come back for my 50th, man. Come on. And anyways, I'm, I'm having a blast. I, and, and so this, what happens is this. You, you get on this treetops course, and, and you got your little all your stuff on. And they say, well, you know, this was our first time. We didn't know what we were doing. And the girl goes, so they got a training area, just like a little course that you run. And it's not all the way up at the top. And you can do this. And I said, all right, I'm, we'll do that. And so we got on this thing. And. And uh, the very first thing, you're standing on this platform and there's a steel cable you can hold on to. And then there's this skinny little run of, of tree limbs or tree stumps and they're fake, but they're, up, they're, up, they're right side up. And you just step on the top of the, of the stump and then you're, you're holding on and you're stepping on the other one and you're doing this, man, and you're stepping on. But I'm telling you, man, every step you're just like... Is it going to hold me? Is it going to, okay, I'm right. I'm right in the middle of that lock, and I'm watching. Because, I'm listen, if you misstep, you're hanging off, and you're dangling by the lanyard. And, and man, you're, it, anyways, it just, you just don't want to do that. <laughs> what I'm trying to illustrate to, to you tonight is, is this, is that, that that's really what our text is, is trying to get across when it says this, to walk, to walk circumspectly. The word circumspect. According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, listen to this. It means, it means to be cautious, to have prudence, to be, to be watchful on all sides. L- listen to this, and I underline this in my notes. It means to examine carefully the circumstances that may affect the destination. That's pretty good. And, and, and it's, like, it's, like, it's like what Jesus said to his disciples when he was getting ready to send him out. And some of you remember this. He said this, Be ye as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. It's, it's the same idea of, of walking circumspectly that Paul is dealing with. And the point is to say this, 
that just as I was careful about where I was stepping on, on those logs as I was going across, what, what, what I'm saying to you is this, we are to walk circumspectly uh, in our spiritual lives with the Lord. We're to be careful about where we go, and we're to be careful about how we walk, and we're to be careful in the steps and the decisions in life that we make. And I, I'm just telling you tonight, I don't think I, I don't think that this instruction is given as much as it ought to be to God's people in our day and time. And you say, well, I mean, preacher, we, we, would all, we, we, we know this tonight. But let me, let me help you with this tonight. One of the greatest downfalls of believers in our day and time is that we are making some of the most important decisions in life. And we're not once considering the wisdom of, and the will of our God in the matter. We're not. We're not going to His Word and finding out anything that He has to say about it. We are making major decisions flippantly. And it's no wonder that a lot of God's people are hanging by the thread, literally. Hanging by the harness of life and just holding on. Let me, let me give you some things tonight just as we dive into this and, and, and uh, just some things that I was thinking about as I was chewing on this. Let me, let me ask you this tonight. What about marriage? What about marriage? You, you, do you, you do know that the Bible has some things about who we are to marry. Uh, listen, are, are, are they saved? Unfortunately, you've got to ask this one. Are they of the opposite sex? But, but are they saved? No, come on, this is the Wednesday night crowd. We already know those things. That's a no-brainer in the Bible. I'm talking about, are they saved? Are, are they Baptist in doctrine? Um, um, are they? No, 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 because here's the thing. You can be saved, and you can be Baptist in doctrine, but let me ask you this. Are they of godly character? Do they love God and His Word? Are they seeking to live for Him? Because I think those are vital as well. That, that when our kids or our grandkids are seeking to marry, I'm just saying to you, friend, I've seen a lot of young people get infatuated with looks and popularity and the lust of their own flesh, and they jump right off into something that they have no business getting themselves into. And when the consequences of those decisions begin to engage themselves, they find themselves hanging off by the lanyard, so to speak, dangling. Because they weren't walking circumspectly. I, listen, folks, we, we, we need to look down the road a little bit. I, listen, you, you understand the consequences of, uh, of things like that. The, the, the loss of purity, the broken marriage, the abuse, and all of those things. We, we need to look down the road a little bit. Because how, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, the answer to that is rhetorical. They can't. And I listen. I, I love my father-in-law. He, they were just here uh, a week or so, a week ago, celebrating early Christmas with us. And he pastors Victory Bible Baptist Church there in Pensacola, Florida, the church I got saved at. He was the one that led me to Christ. And I, and he and I've had this conversation as pastors on several occasions. But he's always said he has said this, and I and I credit him to saying it. He said, "Man, he said I believe," and I and he said it publicly. I believe that one of the most important decisions that you will make outside of salvation, the next one is this, who you're going to marry. And I believe that to be true. I really do. I'm telling you, it's, it's vital and it's important. And here's why. Because they are going to either 
influence you towards God or influence you away from God. They, they really are. And so you and I, it would be wise for us to walk circumspectly in this matter, to consider God's wisdom, to consider God's word, to consider God's will in the matter. Absolutely. What about what church you attend? Well, there, there's another one. Most of the decisions we make today, they're based on how they benefit us, and churches become no different. What do you have to offer my family? What kind of programs do you have for my kids? And I listen, and while I understand all of those things and those questions, I feel like I ought to have the right to ask, what do you have to offer Faith Baptist Church? Because we're not joining you, you're joining us. And choosing a church today, listen to this, it has become how, how uh, based on how it benefits us, its entertainment value. But what happens when that loses its luster? And by the way, it will. What, what happens, listen to this, what happens when tragedy strikes and you have a shallow faith because that's what you're being taught in places like that? It's, listen, it's, it's built on emotion rather than the truth of the, of the Word of God. There's no substance to it. And you will find yourself, listen, you will find yourself dangling from the harness of life. You stepped off into something, friend, and you're going to slip and fall in it. How, let, let me ask you this. How about asking God for wisdom on these matters? Because God says this, He'll give it to all men liberally. How about seeking God? What, if, what happened to praying about where the Lord would have us? Well, what, happened about, what happened to getting in the Bible and finding out what churches in the book of Acts in the very first century, what they did and where they stood on the things of God, and then finding a church that lines up as close to that book as, as you can. Because I'm, I'm telling you tonight, listen to this, because this decision, like marriage, it will have a tremendous spiritual impact down the road. It, it will, I... I can remember when we moved from Victory Bible Baptist Church, the church I got saved at, church we got married at, church that I, I surrendered to preach at. And we moved from Pensacola, Florida uh, to Springfield, Missouri, and we joined a church there in town that we thought God uh, wanted us at and come to find out the new pastor uh, had come in and he was not doctrinally sound and he was beginning to lead the church in a, a direction that I did not agree with according to the Word of God. So we begin to look for another church. And, and many of you have heard the story of the circumstances that, that led us to Berean Baptist Church and I'm thankful God put all of that in our life. And we went to Berean Baptist Church. I remember attending the first service and Brother Shane Mallard, our church planner in Poplar Bluff, was preaching that night. He was preaching on Ephesians in the subject of walk. How cool is that? It's not even in my notes. I just thought about it. I, I remember in my old Bible, I underlined every time I said walk, I went, man, that's awesome. It's in here a lot. And man, we, we left the service that night. I was excited because we, we stood in the pew right there and they pulled out the hymnal and started singing. I went, oh, they got hymnals. It was awesome. And we visited about two more churches in those next few weeks. And I, and I looked at Natalie and I said, baby, I said, I, I said listen, we can, we can keep visiting churches if you want to. I, I said, but I feel like I know where the Lord wants us to be. And she looked at me and said, well, baby, you're the husband and I'm following you. 
Well, I just don't agree with that. Really? You ought to keep reading Ephesians chapter 5. I think that's a pretty godly example right there. No, no, I'm just listening. But here's, no, 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 because here's the thing. Please catch this. Because we ended up going to Berean Baptist Church because I knew that's where the Lord wanted us. And we joined the church. And I think it was either later on in that next year, might might have been that August, that following August, was is that when Luke was born? Might have been the year after that, that Luke was born. And we were having our outdoor revival meeting with Brother Bill Marshall. And Natalie had been dealing, had been struggling with her salvation for years and doubting and wrestling. And I think it was on a Wednesday or a Thursday night, she got under conviction and finally said, I've had enough of it. She went to the altar and she called on the Lord and she got it nailed down. She got saved. Let me, let me ask you something. I'll never forget that night. I walked up to Pastor Abel and I said, Preacher, my wife just got saved. He goes, well, that'll help your marriage. <laughs> walked off. I said, well, he's right. It will help your marriage. Let me, let me ask you something though. What if we didn't do what God wanted us to do? What if we weren't where God wanted us to be? Is anybody getting this? Think about the spiritual implications that that has, friend. I, listen, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you tonight that there's, there's a little more to, listen, I, <clears throat> you, you and I, let, let me give you some pastoral advice tonight, all right? Let's have some pastoral advice. Stop looking on the outside of the building. Because number one, that's not the church, it's the people on the inside. But number two, all right, it can be a nice building on the outside, but spiritually dead on the inside. Friend, it can be like the church at Laodicea that I read this week in my Bible reading in Revelation chapter 3, where Jesus was on the outside of the church knocking to come in. Friend, I, listen, I, listen, I would rather go to a church. Are you getting this? I would rather go to a church where the water leaks under the front door and there's a stain on the carpet but they got God. And they got godly music that speaks to the soul, has some doctrine in it, has some substance in it that prepares us for the preaching of God's Word. And the preaching of God's Word is hot. And it's from the Bible. And you can sense the presence and and the power of God in that place. Hey, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to, that's what my, listen, you, well, well, what do you have for my kids? Here's what we got, preaching, because that's what your kids need. Well, you know, preacher, we need some counseling. Well, good, we offer it Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And if you get all that, I'll, I'd venture to say that you'll find it, well, I don't really need to meet with you then. I'm just saying to you, friend, it's not like God shortchanged us in 2022 or 23 on, well, you know, it's just not going to work today. No, it still works. If we'll just do it the way God said to do it. But if you're looking for a church, I'd say this, look right here and then start looking up going, does this line up with this? Does this line up with this? Nope, I'm going up. Does this line up? Nope, I'm going. Does this? Oh, yeah, here I am. Here, here's another one. What about our jobs? I, listen, I, I look back on this. I don't know how. I, I look back on it often. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think one of the greatest decisions that had uh, probably one of the most profound impacts on our home and our family was when Natalie and I, I wasn't even in the ministry at the time. 
And we decided that money ain't everything. And we came to that conclusion and we chose to make Christ preeminent in our family and in our life. And I listen, I, but, here, but here's the thing. One of the greatest deceptions among God's people today is to immediately assume that since the job or the position offers more money, it must be from God. You, you need to be careful of that. Because let me help you with this tonight. If it pulls you away from God and out of church and, or moving away from a good church or, or whatever the case may be, it requires you to start missing Sundays or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights and you're unavailable to serve God. Let me ask you this tonight. Is God interested in giving you something that takes you away from giving glory and honor to Him? That'd be a negatory there. That's no. That's not, that's not from God. And I'll listen, I'll guarantee you some are listening to this tonight, maybe even online and going, well, you know, and I'm just already dismissing it and justifying it in their mind. I've, I've heard this. Well, you know, preacher, I can, I can worship God anyway. And that's true. You can worship God anywhere. But my friend, if you are disobedient to the simplest command of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, my friend, you cannot have right fellowship with God and worship Him. You can't do it. You're not going to worship God when you've already told Him, money is more valuable to me than you are. How are you worshiping God in that? Money and material gain. Listen, and let me help you with this. Money and material gain is not going to make your marriage happy. Putting Him in the middle of it. That's what your marriage needs. And teaching your kids to put money first. That's not what they need. They need to see mama and daddy sold out and putting God first in their life. Friend, I, listen, I, and, and, and here's the thing. Don't sit here tonight and go, well, you know, I mean, this doesn't have anything. To, this is not going to, I, listen, I'm, I'm above the rule tonight. I know we'd never say that, but we think that way. And i never forget we had a couple in our, our church there when I was pastoring in Cassville. And he had made the decision to take a position that offered more money but required him to miss every other Sunday. He made that decision before I ever became the pastor there. And man, I came in and started pastoring and they, they, were, they were just hit and miss and struggled. They struggled in their spiritual growth, struggled in their faithfulness. They were just all over the place. And I, finally, I remember one day we, we were doing something with uh, the men getting together and I can't remember what it was, but he, he looked at me and he said, Preacher, he said, I made that decision long ago. And he said, he said this, I so regret it. And he said, don't, let, don't ever let anybody come to you and tell you that it was the best decision that they made to pull their family out of church because of work. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't worth it. And you know what? We started praying that God would open the door for him. And you know what God did? Open the door for him and he got a position where he could be off on Sundays and Wednesdays. It's a real blessing, and they started spiritually growing. Had another young lady called me one time, and she said, "Preacher, I got this comp- this uh, uh, job offer, and they want me to work, and but they want me to work Wednesday nights. What do you think about that?" And here was my response: Is that what God wants for your life? Does He want you to miss church? Well, you know, preacher, it's just Wednesday night. That's what people say. It's just Wednesday night. Yeah, that's why churches today aren't even having Wednesday night services. And I'm thinking, we need, we need more church. We don't need less. What do you mean it's just Wednesday night? I'd say to you, Wednesday night's pretty important. It's vital. 
Ask, them, ask, those, ask those bus kids and their families when some, somebody gets saved over there how vital Wednesday night is. It might just be Wednesday night to you, but it shouldn't be. Well, well you know, it's just Wednesday night. And then, then this is what I said. I said this. Don't you think that the God who created you and created this world can supply you a job where you can work, but also be in church to give Him the glory in your life? Well, you got me on that one. <laughs> she said, yes, sir. And guess what? She chose God. And here, this is, and this is what happened. She, she turned it down, and guess what happened? She got offered another job, and it was more money, and allowed her to be off on Sundays and Wednesdays. Don't, listen, I, I'm just, <laughs> folks, what I'm saying to you tonight is this. We need, we need the wisdom tonight. We need God's wisdom. Listen, we don't need, no, 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 you get over there and, and James, we don't need earthy, earthly and, and sensual and, and devilish wisdom of this world. We need the wisdom from above. We need God's wisdom, friend. We need wisdom from His Word. And then we need to walk in this wisdom. In other words, make choices based upon the Word of God and the wisdom of God because we have way too many of God's people that are dangling by a thread, friend. And that is a poor testimony of the sufficiency of our God. Okay, so that's great, preacher. I get it. We need it. We need wisdom. So how do we have it? How do we, how do we know that we're walking in it tonight? Well, good news. I've only got one point and here it is. And this is really just one simple truth from this tonight. Look at verses 16 and 17. So he says there, he says in verse 15, he says, He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And I really, I really hope and pray this, that when we get to the end of explaining some of these terms and what's taking place here, that we'll come to the conclusion, we'll all come to the conclusion that this, that, that this walking circumspectly, this walking in wisdom, it simply means this, living according to the eternal as opposed to the temporal. I like how simple Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are, are eternal. I, listen, I think oftentimes that God would use Paul to remind God's people to set their focus again on Christ and, and to set their affections on things above to to put the eternal above the temporal in their life. And let me, let me explain all of this here and just go down through here because, again, after giving that instruction to walk circumspectly in verse 15, Paul goes on really to give what I would say what this looks like in verses 16 and 17. In verse 16, he says, redeeming the time here, and that, that phrase there that begins the verse, we know this, that, that to redeem... Well, that has to do with buying or purchasing. And we would know this tonight because we are redeemed from our sin. If you're saved tonight, you're redeemed from your sin. Well, here's why. Because of the purchase Christ made for your soul, 
with His own blood. Redemption, redeeming. And so the same idea, but in this case He says, redeeming not our soul, but redeeming time. Redeeming the time. It, 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 is, it is this. It is to buy back time. That's what it literally means. Well, 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 how do you do that? Well, the reality is you can't. So really, it's the equivalent of this. It's basically the equivalent of this. Stop wasting the time that you have. That's what he means. See, the only way to redeem the time is to start using it wisely. Circumspectly. Instead of wasting it. Okay? So what will we waste it on? Well, he says, redeeming the time for the days because the days are evil. So that's what we would waste it on, right? Because the days are evil. We, we would be wasting it on evil, temporal things versus having the eternal in view. And again, this, this is followed with verse 17. Now watch this. He says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so notice the word wherefore in verse 17. Wherefore points back to the admonition given in verse 16 of not wasting time with, with the temporal things, the worldly things, the evil things of this world. Wherefore, that would be unwise rather than the wise understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, they are concerned with the eternal as opposed to to the temporal, the, they are concerned with the spiritual instead of, a po, uh, instead of concerned with the worldly. And that's what it means to walk circumspectly. It, it's the idea of this, if I could say it like this. It's, it's really this, it's about stewardship. It's about stewardship. You, you understand that it's what you live for and how you live for it. And it, you and I must understand that a steward... A steward is not one that owns anything, but rather you manage the affairs of another. Well, come on, if you're saved tonight, you don't belong to yourself. You've been redeemed, right? You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been, as he would say in 1 Corinthians, you've been bought with a price, right? So you've been redeemed. So here's the thing tonight. You don't belong to you. Rather, a steward, you're a steward tonight of the salvation that God's given you. And the best thing that you could do is to surrender and submit yourself to the authority of God and His Word in your life and live according to His will. That's the best thing we could do. That, that would be this. That would be a stewardship. That would be a faithful steward that you and I are called to be. Be a fact, I would even say this tonight, if you're lost, there's never been a time and place where you've called upon the name of the Lord. Then you need to catch this tonight. You've been given a soul. And that soul is eternal. And the best thing that you could do is come to Christ in salvation and be forgiven of your sin and born again of the Spirit of God. And again, it's a lesson. It's a lesson on stewardship. But watch this. Please catch this. It is a warning, it is a warning of distraction. 
Because it's distraction that causes us to be a poor steward of what God's given us by wasting our time on things that are temporal or carnal. You know, if you listen, I if if you're lost, there's you've not called upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Don't 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 sit here tonight and dismiss your greatest need right now, which is salvation. You've got to listen, you've got to understand this. And I know we've gone through this quite a bit, even in Revelation and and uh, Romans, but you you listen, we serve a triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's one God in three persons. But you understand, man is created in the image of God, so therefore man is also a triune creature. Read First Thessalonians chapter 5. We are made up of body and soul and spirit. And you, you understand, your spirit is dead, trespasses and sins, right? Ephesians chapter 2. You're dead. It's dead in the inside. You're lost. And your body, listen to this, your body is going to go back to the dust of the earth from whence it was made in death. And your soul... The soul that you've been given, it's, it, that's the real you on the inside. All right? And listen, listen to this. That's what's going to spend eternity in one of two places, and that's based upon your decision about Jesus Christ being the Son of God. You, you understand what, what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and so here's the thing. Please, please catch this tonight, because this is what the devil and the, and the flesh and the world, this is what's going on right now. What, what people are caught up with in our day and time is this. And they don't give one thought to this. The soul. You catching this? You know what, you know what that's called? That's called distraction. And they're not once considering death, where they're going to spend eternity, is there a God in heaven? Is anybody catching this? I mean, listen, what do you, what do you think all this mumbo-jumbo and junk that's going on around Christmas time and, and all this materialism and all this Santa Claus nonsense and all this stuff, all this deception and all this silliness and all of these things, and it's taking away from the birth of Christ. Please catch this. You know what it is? It's distraction. Right. It is wanting man to focus on the temporal and the stuff that's not going to be around while, neglect, while at the same time neglecting that which is the most important, his own soul. Right. L- listen to me tonight. Don't sit here and go, well, you know, I'll just I'll wait until another time or a better time or I'll put it off or, or, or whatever the case may be. Don't, no, 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 stop. Don't, don't neglect the most important part of you, which is your soul. Make sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because here's what, listen, you want to talk about redeeming the time for the days are are evil? Do you understand the the truths of the Scripture that your life is but a vapor? It appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away? I remember when I was about to turn 21 and I was working construction. And I was so excited because then finally everything I'll I'll, I'll be legal to do. And I had a guy pull me off to the side. He was an older guy. And he looked and he said, hey, man. He said, stop wishing your life away. And I went, what? Whatever. <laughs> and he goes, let me, let me help you with something. He said, 
it seems like forever for you to get to 21. I said, you got that right. And he said, but from 21 to 40, it will go like the blink of an eye. And I'm 47 now, and I'm going, mercy. I believe he was right. And I don't know how the next 20 is going. I don't know if I'm making it that long. But <laughs> I'd venture to say it keeps going quicker and quicker and quicker. Here's another truth from the scriptures. You don't have the promise of tomorrow. That's right. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this. Don't sit here tonight and come up with all the excuses under the sun to deal with the most important part of you, which is your soul. Don't be distracted. Don't let things give away and distract you from that. No, 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 friend. Make sure that you know Christ as your Savior. Because here's the only thing that I can conclude from this is this redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now watch this. For the lost man to know the, to, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to turn away from the spiritual truth of, of being saved and being saved by grace through faith and being forgiven of his sins and redeemed and having, having heaven as his eternal home. Listen, to turn away from that, to turn away from that and to die and, and bust the gates of hell wide open, my friend, that is a wasted life. That's wasting your time. But you, but you got to understand this. I, and I realize, well, preacher, it's Wednesday night. Well, number one, I've seen people get saved on Wednesday night. But I realize that most of the crowd that's here tonight's already been saved. And the truth of the matter is, this admonition is not given to the lost. I mean, there's an application there. But this is given to the church at Ephesus. That's right. To the saved. And what he's saying to them is this. Don't be distracted. Don't waste time on the carnal and the worldly and the temporal. Redeem the time. Take it back, friend. And, and, and listen, and be consumed and concerned with the will of God. Well, what's the will of God? Well, here's what it is for your life. If you've been saved, then you need to be baptized. That's the will of God if you've been saved. Well, that you would follow Christ in man. Here's another one. That, that you would be part of one of the Lord's churches. That's the will of God if you've been saved. Well, that's... You understand, listen, well, well, what about what, I mean, what else? Yeah, then you get in the church, and then you tithe, and you live a separated life, and you give to missions, and, and you serve God in it, and you walk with God, and spiritually grow in your life. Folks, let's not sit back tonight and go, well, we just don't know what the will of God is. If you've got a Bible in front of you, you have the mind of Christ, and you and I can know what the will of God is. It's not like God got it up there and going, well, you can't really know all of it. Oh, I get their specific callings and, and things like that, but just generally speaking tonight, that's the will of God. Here's another one. It's the will of God for us to take the gospel to the lost. That's right. To witness to them. To be a testimony unto them. Be, be a fact, how often have we been through Ephesians and said that the book of Ephesians is very similar to the book of Colossians. And here's what he says in Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. So what does that mean, them that are without? Without what? Without the gospel. But unfortunately, here's what you have. You have people that have become way too distracted with this world today. 
This is what happens typically speaking. You see young people in the church at 18 years of age and begin to make life decisions and they take off right into the world without ever considering long-term effects of what they're doing. You have young adults and young married couples within the church that, that could be serving God and, and sold out, but yet they're struggling because they're caught up with money and material things. And, and, even, and even God's people who are older Christians, they're distracted with family and, and portfolios and and it's almost like they're just going through the motions and they have this attitude, well, well, I paid my dues. Where's that in the Bible? I like, I like what Jim and Marie Strickland said, uh, uh, missionaries that, to Brazil and they're in heaven now. And Brother Strickland said, we don't want to just come uh, walking into home plate. We want to come in sliding head first. I said, Pete Rose style, baby. That's the attitude we ought to have. And I'm just telling you, we're missing that in our day and time, and here's why, because people are so distracted. And, and watch this, and I, I don't think it's fair that if we look at the lost and we say to them, if you reject the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ, then you're wasting your life. Listen, isn't it the same for God's people? who would choose the temporal things of this world and to live for that versus the gospel and the will of God for their life, my friend, that too is a wasted life. Because right. we're not going to stand before God and be rewarded for how big a house we got. Right. Or how cool the Jeep is. I mean, I'm hoping, but I mean, that's not. It's just not. I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for it. But I'm just saying to you, I, listen, and I, and I understand family and finances and, and, a, and, and the necessity of a job. And how, I'm not saying that those things aren't important. I'm not. What I am saying to you, though, is this. They're not as important as Him. Amen. And the truth of the matter is, you will struggle in your spiritual life so long as you live for this stuff. And he's not preeminent. Can I ask you something tonight? Are you walking circumspectly? Be careful where you're stepping. Those decisions that you're making. Well, you know, Richard, I want to want to get married. Good. I would. I would. I would watch that one really good. Yeah. Amen. No. 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 I, I would. Well, you know, preacher, I'm thinking about, you know, looking for a different job this year. That's, that's good. That's good. But I would, I'd be careful. Did I get that? Well, you know, preacher, I, I really want to get involved. That's good. And that's, that's a good step right there. Anybody getting this? That's, that's walking circumspectly. What about you tonight? You came in on a Wednesday night going, oh, it's just the Wednesday before Christmas. Ain't going to be no big deal tonight. Got a little more than what we bargained for, didn't we? Amen. What about you? Let's all stand up.